cool. maybe we should be talking about that as to as to where you see things going. I'll just chip in as and when. Well, I, I mean, I see this as, a, you know, this is Agenda 2030 in full steam. You know, they're getting ready. I've been talking about this on a few alternative radio stations. Um, I've been looking into this guy called Archaics. Jason, oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got some interesting stuff because I was really into the Mayan calendar. All of these calendars are reset calendars. They're countdowns. They're not farming calendars. You know, these are countdowns. (laughs) Um, He's claiming, yeah, 2040 May and then uh, November 2046 comes this thing called the Phoenix event, which everyone calls the resets and the mud flood. Yeah. Um, This really I I proposed this along four years ago in my comments, Cataclysm's Coincidence series. I called it the son of man in the Bible. Yeah. I said something's coming. They've been getting ready for this. And my whole view has been the new world order has been to put some kind of system in place to stop us from migrating. Um, Now there's videos coming out in the Sahel region in northern Africa. There's just water holes blowing out of the desert like Massive water guys are shooting out of the desert floor, f- flooding. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of been suspecting that they know some real earth changes, not us causing it and not their yeah. chemtrails and geoengineering. But yeah. I suspect they know something big's coming. And this yeah. new world order isn't supposed to last for 100 years or a 1,000. It's just supposed to last until we're screwed and yeah. can't go to where they're going. Bill Gates is buying up land in, uh, you know, Arizona and I mean, out in the deserts of New Mexico, you know, all on the 33rd parallel. So you do have to ask in the One Belt, One Road initiative, everything's looking like the deserts are going to become fertile. I think we might be seeing like some massive earth change, you know, where where the deserts turn green and the green turns desert. And I don't know, man, I, it's just in my gut and intuition. It's what do you think, man? I think something big's coming. Yeah, it, it's a funny thing. I came across him fairly recently. And yeah. I, I've got an open mind to a lot of stuff. And a lot of what he was talking about really resonated in this idea of 138 years for a reset and every like multiples of four for 552 years could be a big one. Yeah. Um, and also that reality isn't what it seems 100% because I've said for a long time, this it's, it, it feels real, but it's not. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they do know something. Uh, biblical as it were <laughs> yeah i think so yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, I've always, it's coming and they're keeping everyone distracted i've always said that you know these great floods these flood every culture has them every yeah. single one around the world yeah. has them however i don't think it's like a worldwide event that just takes out everything and he's saying the same he's like these parts will go the coasts will go and these mm-hmm. parts will be fine mm-hmm. and then the next one whatever so that does start making a lot of sense. Yeah. Also, his vapor canopy idea. Yep. Uh, there are all these ancient stories that the stars that, uh, you know, this is Saturn used to be the brightest thing in the sky. That's that's why they worship the damn black cube. Mm-hmm. Now, if you got to say, well, where's the sun? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> what, what's going on here? Yeah. Well, this would make a lot of sense. This would start rectifying um, what the Thunderbolts projects are doing. You know, they're ball earthers, yeah. but a lot of the flat earth and ball earth stuff starts coming together with what this guy is saying. It, it marries a lot of this together for me. Yeah. So yeah. I've been taking more interest in that as well. I, I just yeah. have a sneaking suspicion this new world order has been about some kind of massive earth change. 
Yeah, absolutely. And for those of you that don't know about Jason's work, he, he spent 26 years in jail and he was in charge of the library and he just read a phenomenal amount of really old books, not the new stuff, which has all been changed, but really old books. And then when he'd done all that, when he got out, he spent another year or two, I think it was, creating a chronology of, of events and then lining them all up and tying them all together. And that's when he started to realize some interesting things were going on. Um, I mean, one of the things he says, I don't know if you caught that in some of his work. Oh, I think we froze. You froze. There we go. Well, I'm going to suggest that probably we dropped the bomb right on target with that one. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, you know, not to sound like a paranoid, but isn't it funny how when you say this stuff, that kind of happens? Mm-hmm. I missed you. So you were just, I, you cut out and froze on me right when you were saying uh, the 138 cycles, what Jason's been saying, and then you froze. Yeah, yeah so basically he, he's done all of this research and then he created a chronology. So he's then put a timeline together and he noticed time and again the same thing happened. He also suggests that we're living in some kind of holographic simulation, which is going to sound so way out there for a lot of people. But to me, that really resonates because a lot of what it doesn't make sense what I'm seeing. And the idea of that actually gives some semblance of, yeah, I, I could I can go with that. That makes sense. But yeah, yeah, I also to me, that makes sense because. I was, uh, you know, do you remember Lloyd Pye? Do you remember yes. that guy? Yeah. yeah. He was a ball earther, which is cool, but he was saying like the prokaryotes and mykaryotes were these single and double cell organisms. Mm-hmm. They claim that those grew into whales, giraffes, rhinoceros, <laughs> dinosaurs, all that crap. Of course they did. But they're still the same now as they are in the fossil records that they claim are 4.5 yeah. billion years old. We know carbon dating is BS. Yeah. Because flood events would take silt from much older and push it up land. And so yeah. the premise that you're carbon dating something that old might not have been there not too yeah. long ago. Yeah. However, it is true in the fossil records. It's like there's fish, there's plants, there's dinosaurs or whatever. There's monkeys, there's mm-hmm. giraffes. You know, they like pop out of nowhere, which makes evolution nonsense, which it is anyway. Yeah. Um, but then you start thinking, well, does this reality or simulation just boom, they're zebras? You know, it's, you start thinking, <laughs> is that that makes more sense in a simulation, how these things, the crustacean period pops up? Yeah. Because to this day, the prokaryotes and mykaryotes, single and double cell organisms are still the same. They haven't changed. Yeah. So how did those two things turn into buffaloes and giraffes, but they still are themselves today? That don't make any sense in evolution. Well, the whole thing's – it's funny when all this um, nonsense with the uh, the COVID thing started off and I said, right, everything I've learned isn't everything I've learned. It's stuff I've been taught. So everything I've been taught, therefore, is wrong. So yeah. let's assume that and let's go search and learn for ourselves. And it's been an interesting journey because you start to look at stuff and analyze and get critical with it and everything is is wrong. It's all back to front. It's an inversion. It's a lie. It's hysterical. Yeah, this is starting to happen now. Tom Cowan and Andy Kaufman, they just started looking into PCR in general. Like, what are they doing for PCR? Yeah. And saying, Carrie Mullis wasn't on our side. PCR is starting to look like a hoax, too. They've been tearing it apart recently. <laughs> and the way they do it, they went really from how does this yeah. work? It's nonsense, which means all these paternity tests 
Yeah. All these Ancestry.com. Oh, you're part Scottish Irish. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all looking like total BS because the PCR itself, we already knew how to rig the PCR, yeah. but the whole PCR is starting to look bogus. That's a good question, isn't it? Is the test itself, in, or not the test because it's not a test, but is the, is the process itself invalid? How they even get the DNA, and it, because we all know Crick and Watson, that's a theory, this DNA. I know a lot of people who say, uh, oh, we're coming into an era where it's uh, we're going from double-strand helix DNA into triple or 12-strand or DNA. You're like, there's no proof there's even double-strand DNA. It's smashed material under an electron microscope. They yeah. made that up. We don't even know that DNA has strands at all. Yeah. So where are you getting this idea, people? It's the same people who say they incarnated here from the Pleiades. <laughs> it's like 10,000 people have that same story. You're like, who told you that? Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's starting to look like all nonsense, which is yeah. scary. You're looking at criminals, paternity tests, ancestry is all based on a procedure that's nonsense. Total bunk. Uh, so this is even, you know, I've been saying a lot of things in my films where I'm now going to have to go back and go, Jesus, I'm wrong. <laughs> Not that I didn't know the test was bogus, but that the test can't even DNA is useless. It's total yeah. nonsense. Yeah, I'm I'm finding I'm having to rewrite sections of my book because yeah. stuff moves towards the thing that needs to come out. That needs to go out. <laughs> yeah, because which is great. Yeah. I think it's great that we're all we're in this stage. If oh, you're yeah. clinging to ideas, you have to admit I was wrong because at the time that's what I knew and now yeah. I know something else. Yeah. So it's okay to admit you're wrong. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. It's understandable, too, because you've been grossly misled. We all have. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Tom Collins said. He said, you know, we've just been taking the word that PCR is legit. You know, we say if you use PCR correctly, it can amplify these molecules. And Collins now looking into it saying, no, it can't. (laughs) It can't. (laughs) And the procedure they use is nonsense. And you go, maybe it doesn't even do that. Which is yeah. like, whoa. So, so you well, know, how, how good is that for a double blind, isn't it? The hoax oh, itself is a hoax. Yeah, just the whole, yeah. You know, and as he said, like, Kerry Mullis claimed he figured this out while he was on LSD. Not that that's not a good or bad thing, but is that the best way to come up with a scientific method? Tripping your mm. balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not, not reality-based, you know. <laughs> well, maybe that's, but, you know, it's funny because, one of the things I've really noticed, I, I write software and I design software sometimes, and yeah. you have to be incredibly precise with your language because even a full stop in the wrong position can change everything. A space, which is hard to spot on a white background after a full stop or a comma, can change everything. Yeah. So as you start to look at that, and I start to see, like he said that, he did that when he was tripping, well, surely that's a clue. Yeah. yeah, there's there's all sorts of little clues where they say, well, it's this, it's that. If you actually listen to the language carefully, you can start to pick stuff apart. Yeah, I would recommend people go to Tom Collins' BitChute channel and hmm. look at his PCR video recently because it's like, all right. You know, they're claiming this double-stranded heat DNA. The polymerase is a bacteria that lives uh, in very hot uh, environments, super hot environments. Mm-hmm. They're claiming they use it to take the DNA, rip the double strands Oh, I got to go this way in half. Yeah. And then it starts making the copies, but it only does at one time. And he's saying, well, why doesn't it copy the other side that got ripped? Because they're supposed to be identical, <laughs> but it only does it to this one. 
and it can do billions of them in 20 seconds. Really? Like it's grabbing this saying no to that, grabbing this saying no to that. It's billions in 20 years, this whole thing's looking nonsense. And he's like, then why doesn't it just bind back together when you do this? Is there a special glue on it? Like the whole way they even make the DNA pellets for this test, then this machine that's sitting on your desk can cool this thing down from almost 100 Celsius to five degrees in 10 seconds. Can your refrigerator do that? You know, it's like this. <laughs> The, the more you look into it, the whole thing's nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. And yet you're going to have plenty of people, I should imagine, that are indoctrinated into the science cult um, that will defend it to the nth degree. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. Well, I'm th- I'm saying I was defending the PCR method myself, and I'm not in the science cult, not not the, the mm. abuse of it, but I was saying, yeah, it's it's legit. Mm-hmm. But if you spin it forty cycles, it's not. But now it's like, no, I'm wrong too. <laughs> the whole <laughs> yeah, thing you, is you, not legit. <laughs> well, it begs the question then, and that goes back to what Jason was talking about: that a lot of that starts to make sense. Yeah. <laughs> The simulation theory makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, because there's just too much weird phenomenon going on. I just saw, I don't know if the video is real. It looks good, but you don't know these days. But I think it was Japan. There's like this cloud with a circular rainbow on top of it. Have you seen this? No. It's like a, a rainbow donut, but the rainbows are normally like this. It's mm-hmm. like a rainbow donut sitting on a cloud. Okay. Up on just like what? <laughs> what what's causing that? You know? Yeah. But they yeah. always, you know, all whether you're in the Bible or the Hopi, there will be strange signs in the sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they mm-hmm. do say that. When you start seeing weird crap up there, something's about to hit the fan. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because I I felt for a long time that there is there is way more. We perceive reality through vibrational decoders. You have eyes, you have ears, you know, taste, smell, that kind of stuff. And I've thought, well, if they only operate on this narrow range, there could be so much more going on, but we're not we're not aware of it because the sensing equipment isn't tuned to that, so you can't pick up on it. Doesn't mean it's not there, but I, I I do get a feeling intuitively that there's a whole bunch of stuff going to be coming soon. Clearly, in a, a dog whistle is proof of that. Yeah. You can blow a dog whistle, and clearly the dog hears that frequency, and we don't. Yep. yep. So that's just a basic proof of that, yeah. yeah. So I agree with you. In fact, a blind person doesn't know what sunlight is. <laughs> you know, it's there is no sunlight except in your brain where your eyes detect it. It's like the old if the tree falls in the woods, you know, does it make a noise? No, Mm -hmm. it makes a vibration and only a person, an animal or a recording machine that can pick up vibration can translate that to noise. So yeah, the old mystics are correct. Every experience you're having is in your head. Yeah. 
now, yeah, we know the sun's there because you will get sunburn and hot. You know, we know there's a radiation mm -hmm. there. Yeah. But it's not what sunlight's in your head. Mm -hmm. It's just a, it's just a field full of vibration and energy. And right. you're just interpreting it. So in a kind of way, solipsism is correct. You know, if you're deaf, you're not going to hear the sounds. If you're blind, you don't see. There is no sun. There's no mm -hmm. noise if you're deaf. So mm -hmm. there is kind of that, that we're all just, that the reality is, isn't reality outside yeah. of your head. Absolutely, yeah. So the food that tastes great doesn't taste. Yeah, unless you have taste buds. <laughs> yeah. that, ex that explains why dogs can eat shit and puke off the sidewalk. And you're like, what the hell, man? They must have terrible taste buds. <laughs> yeah well, they know something we don't yeah but just you know just, <laughs> yeah. just see a dog eat poo and vomit you're like how don't you what yeah why, why does that do something taste it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny enough they won't eat vegetables someone just said that to me they said like have you ever seen vegetables in the wild most of them tomatoes where do vegetables come from because you don't walk around finding wild vegetables in the woods <laughs> you ever thought about that? You find fruit. No. I hadn't thought about <laughs> Where do these vegetables come from? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it's, again, for a long time, I felt that food, food itself is some kind of poison to slow us down. Yeah. You know, well, I think, if, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, if we're primarily breatharian, because it's the one thing you can't go without, you can't go without breathing for more than a couple, about three minutes, and then you've got real problems. Yeah, I mean, you can hyperventilate, hold your breath for longer, obviously, but that that seems to be the rule. So, what what is food? Is it there just to slow us down, to distract us? I don't know. It's just stuff that's been floating around in my head. I don't really give it much thought, but there's something there. Yeah, and there's also, you know, people who get into the they're looking at the Palace of Versailles and all these old Tartarian buildings. There's no mm. toilets in a 700 room mansion without a exactly. Toilet. I've said that. What is this business with toilets? Yeah. Now, like if, you know, if you eat a melon, for instance, there's certain fruits like melons, they don't digest in your stomach. They go right through the wall of your small intestine, right into your body. Yeah. So you wouldn't be pooing. Now, uh, a lot of the old mystics and Vedics say that we're fruitarians, that our jaws yeah. and our digestive tracts are made for fruit. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense because they're hanging off trees at our level. So it is very possible that we're fruitarians and the reason they didn't have toilets is because they were eating fruit and it just digests and there's not much waste. Mm -hmm. We do have an anus because in case you do eat something, but it's starting to look like, yeah, why would you be eating root vegetables like a carrot that's under the ground? Yeah. And then these carrots, when you peel them, they know that they have oxalates, which are poisons to keep the bugs from eating them. So you, you shouldn't be eating something that grew underground that you had to dig up. Like our food would just be hanging off the tree right for us. Yep. As the Bible's saying, there's every fruit in the garden, you know. So yep. you start looking at it this way and going, all right, what's this all about? You know, were people only eating fruit and air? Mm -hmm. Was there, like Jason's saying, was there a time when the oxygen wasn't, uh, you know, 20% of the atmosphere, but was maybe 40 or 50%. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you didn't actually need to eat that much. You know what I mean? You yeah. you were getting what you need. You could be a breatharian. Yeah. And, and there could be, you know, some of the stuff I've looked at as well with different types of light. So you'd have a, a more, we're in a, like a blue light period now where there's predation in a, in a, a warm light period, a red light yeah. period. There wouldn't be, you know, so when lions lie down with lambs, maybe that had some reference to that where they didn't need to eat. 
Yeah. Yeah. They didn't need to eat them. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, clearly we have a digestive system that can eat meat mm -hmm. and, and ex excrete it. So that wouldn't be there if you were a being that only ever lived in those conditions. Yes. So clearly the digestive system in our bodies is proof that there are times when you have to and times when you don't. Otherwise, yeah. you wouldn't have a butthole. You know? <laughs> well, absolutely, yeah. So it, it's, I mean, the, the, these are all really interesting questions to ponder, I think, yeah. and to float with. And, and what, I, what I've learned to do is if I get a strong reaction to something where I just want to dismiss it, that to me suggests I'm butting up against some pre-programming that I then need to address. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, my, my, you know, Ross, the other guy from Space Busters and I, we were talking about this the other day. The most profound statement we have in everyday language, and no one knows how profound it is, which came first, the chicken or the egg? We all laugh about it, but it is disgustingly profound to find the answer to that question. Yeah. How did the friggin' chicken get here if there's no egg? And who laid the egg if there's no chicken? This is a vital question to answer on whether we're in a simulation or not. Because you can't have one without the other. So what the hell is that? And we all make a joke out of it. No, we need to find out the answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> where, where did I, it come I, from? You know? Yeah, I agree. You know, and I, I, it's again, it, it's a, it's an odd thing, but I, I wake up many mornings and think, oh, I'm still here. It's yeah. a strange thing. Why do I keep <laughs> landing back here? <laughs> yeah. And are you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, is there a here? Are you here? Yeah. I mean, yeah. this, you know, it, it really starts to blow your mind. Um, and I, yeah, I don't, I mean, I think there's a lot of, a lot of us are having uh, realizations that even our own alternative beliefs yeah. may not actually be correct either. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, on many subjects, someone says, what do you think? And I said, well, I don't like to think about it too much because <laughs> yeah. I just don't know. You know yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll, I'll just float with the ideas and information comes forth. And if it makes sense, I might adopt it. But I reserve the right to change my damn mind because I've lost count of the number of times where you think, right, I think that's set in concrete now. And it's not. Yeah. And I do, I do think it's very important you don't set things in concrete. Yeah. Too right. You know, I was just having flat earth talks with uh, Patrick um, Timponi on one radio network the other day. Hmm. And I said to people, like, be careful because a lot, 80% of flat earth is theoretical as well. We know it's not a ball. Anyone with yeah. an Nikon P900 can go film a lighthouse 50 miles away or an island mm -hmm. 80 miles away that's supposed to be under, you know, 800 or 2,000 feet of curve. But <laughs> Just because you know it's not that, you, you, the rest of it's a very theoretical. Yeah. So it's important that you don't replace one theory with another. Just just say I don't. I know what it isn't, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. That, that, well, when I did that um, interview with um, Flat Earth Dave, you know, I, I said clearly it's not that, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Because you're absolutely right. It's it's important as you're discovering where you go that the truth I think is a very movable thing. But it's useful to have something that you can hang some ideas on to take you a little bit further down the road. Yeah, and I think it's good to find out and ask and question. But like you say, yeah, you don't want to hang on to the belief and everything. And, you know, my view is always I don't really care if we're in a simulation hologram, a flat earth, a ball earth. If there's waters above, there's nothing above, <laughs> infinite nothingness, infinite magnetic field potential. Yeah. 
we're here now together and this place is a shite hole and we need to do something about it, whatever shape or where it's at and, and yeah. the infinite location, or if it's even really here or not. Yeah. It sucks. So we need to worry about that. Then we can go worry about the rest later. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And I'll tell you what is interesting as well is the, the with these thoughts I've been having for a couple of decades and you've been on the same path for a long time as well. It's so interesting to me that in the last two years, so many more have popped up, so many people that are thinking, asking questions that are no longer saying you're a conspiracy nut. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're just they're paying attention and they're asking questions. Like I said to someone, he said, well, you're trying to get me to think differently. I said, I don't care what you think. I just want you to think for yourself and ask questions and come up with your own answers and to stop being spoon fed and thinking what someone else wants you to think for their own agenda. Yeah, just think in general. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think that's a good thing. I do not think, um, I think a lot of the problem we have is uh, a lot of people suffer lethargy. They're lethargic and it's out of a despair because they're working 40, 50, 60 hours in a job they hate. They, that yeah. sucks. It's no way to spend your life. And they're doing that to earn money, to put a rent food over their head in a car to drive right back to that freaking job tomorrow and do another 10 hour shift or eight or whatever and do it the next day. Um, and they just, don't have the time and energy to to want to look into it like some of the rest of us do. Yeah, I don't think there's a difference between what we call a sheeple and one and an awake person, except the sheeple are so lethargic and beat down yeah. uh, and in despair that they just won't take the time and energy to to stop watching Netflix and CBS News and research what this reality is or what's going on around them. You know, yeah. it's not some people are smart enough and others are too dumb. Mm -hmm. It's not that. I think it's mm -hmm. other factors that mm -hmm. make some people wake up yeah, and some don't. And I, I just really, I don't care anymore. I wasted a lot of time from, I don't know, over two decades almost trying to wake up the sheeple. And I've come to the realization myself that they're not gonna. <laughs> and COVID, the way they mismanaged this whole PSYOP, it, they did it so badly, it woke up way more people than any of us ever would have woken up like yeah. I, it was yeah. I, I couldn't have been anywhere as effective with the truth yeah. as their fraud was effective in exposing itself what yeah. do you think of that no I, I couldn't agree more i think it's been very powerful and i think i mean several things spring to mind as you were talking number one is the the conceptual idea of non-playing characters from video games yeah because I do come across people from time to time and I think, are you actually real? Because I'm talking to you and I'm just getting <laughs> the same answers back. doesn't matter what I ask you, you're saying the same stuff. So yeah. I get that. And, and I think the other thing is that when it comes down to it, Steve, that this is a very individual soul's journey to go through this mess that we're, we're through and that it's it's not that important. I mean, it is important to try and reach out and touch people and share what you know. That's important because that helps them on their journey too. But the most important thing we can do is to carry on our own path and just be examples of what that path holds to get people, if they're interested, they can take a look. And if not, they're not. But it's, yeah. it's our journey we should be on. Our journey isn't to try and, you know, wrestle someone to the ground and convince them of something. It's I always liken it. I like to unscrew people's heads, drop a couple of seeds in and screw them back up again and just leave them to grow. Mm. Yeah. One of the things I have, one of the problems I have with us calling people NPCs or non-player characters is they are as human and real as you and I are, or, you know, so it's dehumanizing them. Actually, it's kind of a satanic mindset. It's dehumanizing them. Mm. 
Um, the reason they behave like an NPC is because they all get their reality from the television, the news, Hollywood. They get the same source of their reality and don't question it. So we're calling them as if they physically are non-player characters. It's not. They are as important of beings as we are. Mm -hmm. It's just that they're behaving like an NPC because they're getting their programming from the computer or the AI, you know, the news, whatever you want to call the artificial construct, the matrix. No, the that, that's a the that's really important clarification. Thank you for that. Yeah. And Patrick Timponi and I, we talked about this. People say, what was the point of the Jesuits bringing in the ball earth, right? And the Gregorian calendar. Mm -hmm. And as I said, um, J.K. Rowling, she owns all the intellectual property to Harry Potter, right? Uh, she can't say Harvard. She has to say Hogwarts because Harvard's a real place that exists elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So she'll get sued if she uses Harvard. So she calls it Hogwarts. Everything in her creation has to be imaginary. Mm -hmm. Now, at the very same time that the Jesuits bring in this ball earth model, it's very unique. This ball earth in this universe is different from all the ancient cultures who believed we live on a flat plane in the middle of a toroidal field with whatever else they believed about it. Mm -hmm. Because if you want intellectual copyright property on everything, you need a fake place like J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter universe or Lord of the Rings. You need a fake timeline. So the Gregorian calendar, Pope Gregor, at the same time, the Jesuits bring in flat earth mm -hmm. or a ball earth. The Jesuits come out with the Gregorian calendar and say, this is the new timeline. And every time you sign a contract with your fictional all caps names, you have to date the contract. Because you agree, I'm in this date. Today is August 27th, 2022. And you say, no, it's not. Not on the Jewish calendar, it's not. Not on the Mayan calendar, not on the Chinese calendar, not on the other 250 calendars that exist. Only in your fictional calendar is today that date. And yeah. only on your fictional ball earth that this calendar timeline belongs to, right? And then yeah. all the corporations are intellectually trademarked. So when you sign your all caps name, and say, I agree to be the placenta after birth lean. It's you're agreeing to be a fictional property, intellectually copyrighted property owned by the yeah. people who own the fake timeline and the fake universe. It's all yeah. in the matrix. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a hologram. Yeah. But it's even a fictional hologram because mm -hmm. you can't mix reality and fiction. So you can't have a flat earth reality with a fake timeline on it because half of that is still real and the other half is fake. You have to have a fake universe to put your fake timeline on, yeah. to put your fake people in, to con them into to being a part of this. Just like if you started dressing up as Harry Potter yeah. and going out and charging $200 uh, to, to make appearances, J.K. Rowling would sue you mm -hmm. and say, you're making commerce on Harry Potter, which I own the rights to. That's what the Jesuits are doing through their Federal Reserve Banks and Bank of International Settlements. This is the Knights of Malta and the Jesuits. They own mm -hmm. all this. Mm -hmm. They're suing you, putting liens on you for using their intellectual property because mm -hmm. you think you're on their ball earth in their fake timeline yep. using their fake all capital letters name. And you agree. You're like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. You know, and they're like, well, fucking pay up, mate. That's what people are missing is why the ball earth and the Gregorian calendar come in at about the same time. Yeah. These are these are the time and place of a fake universe, the matrix. Yeah. That that is a monumental mindfuck.
massive, <laughs> massive. And that's why they hate the Jews. The Jews didn't make all this up. The Jewish calendar says today is not August 30th or whatever today. <laughs> no, they, they, it's the Knights of Malta and the Jesuits and the yeah. Vatican. They own all of the fucking fake universe, the fake timeline, mm-hmm. the fake. It's not the Jews doing it. That's why the Jews have their own mafia, because they already knew this. Mm-hmm. And, are, and they've been hunted by these guys forever mm-hmm. because they're not in their universe. Yeah. And so you get all these people, oh, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews. You're like, man, there are Jews who are hired by the Knights of Malta and the Vatican and Jesuits yeah. as front men, because that's what you do if you're smart. Yeah. You put a scapegoat out there so no one catches on to your game. Yeah. The, the Jews don't own the Federal Reserve. They don't. The Knights of Malta do, which is the, the Vatican. Yeah, Tony Blair's a Knight of Malta, isn't he? They all are. Everybody. Yeah. 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 Prince Marco, Donald Trump's friend. These, they're, they're, yeah. The, yeah. All of this traces back to them. Yeah. Because they own the fiction that we live in. Yeah. And they don't want you liberating yourself from the fictional place, being yeah. a flat earther at the time, being Gregorian calendar. Look at the Inquisition. If it even really happened, we don't even, (laughs) this could be BS. (laughs) Why would you go around and force the whole world to take on your calendar or kill them? Because you're trying to put everyone in your fictional reality or kill them. Why a calendar? Who gives a shit? Why did they bring in this calendar? Because it's all part of the control mechanism. It has to be. It has to be. They had to bring in the fiction to set the timeline. Same with last names. People didn't used to have last names. And we still have this where I'm living in Scandinavia, up in Iceland. If you're the daughter of a person, your last name is Einar's Datter. Datter means daughter. And mm-hmm. Einar is her dad's name. I'm mm-hmm. Einar's daughter. Her brother's last name will be Einar's son, the son of Einar. Mm-hmm. So you can have a brother and sister with two different last names. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. They're still being tracked now because we have digital and paper control. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't used to have last names. My last name is Falconer, meaning when we when they first switched us to this commerce system, someone in my family was a Falconer, someone who trained Falcons mm-hmm. to fly mm-hmm. out and this and that. But the guy's name could have been Bart or Bob. I don't know what the hell the guy's name was, but because they needed this commerce system, they said, oh, he's now he's Bart or Bob or whatever. The name is Falconer. Mm-hmm. So they give you a last name. So now they can start tracking you in this fake commerce system Mm -hmm. with the all caps. Mm -hmm. Well, even where we're at in Iceland and up in North, Larson, Einarsson, Dotter, you know, you have your Mm -hmm. last name. You can't trace a family history back if it keeps changing from Einar's daughter to Einar's daughter to Einarsson. Then their children are called Petra and whatever. And then now you're called, you know, Petra Dather and Petra, you know, so there's no way you can track this genealogy or anything through that because that, so even the last names we have Mm -hmm. are coming from when they brought this system and they're like, well, how are we going to track these people? You give them a last name and we'll just do it on based on what they do because that's what slave systems are about. Yes. People farming. Yes. Human resources. Why would your last names all stem from a job? Yep. <laughs> Why not a location? Is you know. Yeah, well, it's interesting where I live in Wales when you talk about locations because a lot of the names occur frequently because it's describing the place. Yeah, at the time that's one way. Yeah, yeah. 
but still like that is all part of this too you know it's it, bringing it still is but you know if you if you go to like where you live in puth glass well there's so many of them it, it's what area is it but they, they tie i think that's probably a little leftover from the previous system yeah like yeah you might have identified where you were from yeah. like my other side of my family are the sullivans now that comes from O'Sullivan from Cork, and mm-hmm. Sullivan means O O means old, and mm-hmm. Sullivan means one eye. <laughs> so the Sullivans of America come from the O'Sullivans of Cork, which was a king called Old One Eye because he was missing an eye from battle. <laughs> so, but that's a leftover from the old time. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. just the descendants of Old One Eye. It's not a job or anything. This is old school crap carried yeah. over. This yeah. is why they persecuted the Irish so badly mm-hmm. in the 17 and 1800s. They were slave traded just as much as any blacks or yeah. anyone else. The Irish, you know, they called them the N-word of of, of Europe, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it's because they're from the old system. Yeah. And anyone on the old system got to go. That's right. Well, this is why they destroyed all the Tartaria, they destroy all the history. You know, they go to war in Syria, and the first thing they do is destroy all the old landmarks in the ancient history. Yeah, and the Scottish genocides in the Highlands. Nobody talks about that. That was as bad as Pol Pot or any of that. And the Scottish, what are the kilts they wear? The Tartars, the Tartans? Yep. They're the Tartans, Tartarians, Aryans. (laughs) 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 All right? Yeah. Aria, Aryan, white people yeah. with red beards. Yep. All the natives said these white people with red beards came and they were giants. Yep. As Jason's talking about from Archaics, yeah. Even when I go to Asia, these Cambodians are standing five foot one, and I'm only six foot. I'm a small white guy. Yeah. But I'm a freaking giant compared to them. And some of these Danes I know are six foot seven, six foot nine. They must have seemed massive. So you're talking about these Nephilim came down from heaven. No, these are white people who came from the inside territories yeah. to these little brown beardless Asians and Indians. And, you yeah. know, Indian people are small Pakistanis that they're not big people. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. A guy who's six foot seven looks like a giant. If you're five foot two, he yeah. does. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've got a friend who's six, eight, and I feel like a midget compared to this guy. And he's only eight inches taller than me. Yeah. And <laughs> imagine. The- you know, and the, with with the Tartarian stuff as well, you can find photographs still of really tall guys, and real big bastards. Yeah. yeah, some of these dudes look like they're eight, nine, ten feet, and that's yep. in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, in those old books they're showing you, you see these. Yeah, these books are huge. You're like, no guy made a book half the size of his tor- his torso. Yeah, and also when you the, the old buildings, they've got doorways twenty twenty five foot tall and twenty twenty five foot ceilings. Why would yeah. you do that? Then they have fireplaces with no fire. With a mirror. There's a mirror over the fireplace, but the thing's 12 feet in the air. The mirror, you're like, who's who's looking at themselves in the mirror if you're six foot tall? Yeah. And you the fireplaces I mean? didn't have fire in them. They were for a different purpose as well. Yeah, you could see that was some etheric power. But I'm just saying, some yeah, yeah. of the old fireplaces have a mirror that starts at 12 feet in the air. And you're like, why would you have a mirror 12 feet in the air if you got to climb up a stepladder to look in it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there were some big people around, but I, I think even the tales of the Nephilim and the, the yeah. giants Tied back to that. Well, Aryans would Cro Magnon would have seemed like giants to little Asians. We still do. Yeah. To yeah. this day. Yeah. You know, you know, white caucasoids are we're pretty big, man. Anyone who's traveled around Asia, 
you're pretty big, dude. Even at six foot tall, you're still a big boy over there, you know? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of guys I know local here. They're, um, he's one of them six foot four. His brother's six foot nine. The other guy, his son's nearly seven foot. Yeah. But the Welsh people themselves, a lot of them are quite tiny. Smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny. Like in the old days, uh, Will Chamberlain, he was going to fight Muhammad Ali and Muhammad Ali's manager wouldn't let him because Will mm. Chamberlain was almost seven foot tall. <laughs> he would have knocked that bastard out with a foot long reach over him. <laughs> and he was huge, man. Yeah. He was also a volleyball champion. Will Chamberlain was massive. He could bench press way more than Arnold Schwarzenegger and all those guys. Yeah. He's a giant. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 you know, people go, you know, they, they've gone down the route, well, it's this, it's that, it's a, a chromosomal defect, whatever that is, it's a hormonal defect. Really, can there not just be different species, if you will? Yeah. You said big bastards and little ones, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, because genetics are all bullshit, too. That's all crap. Anyway, There's that's not how it works. We now know your genes change constantly throughout your yep. entire life. Yep. That's where all this DNA is going wrong, because they already know your DNA is changing with every experience that's happening to you. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter what your genes are because they will be totally different by the time you're dead than when you started. Yeah. So that's all crap too. It's not recessive yeah. genes skipping. It's all nonsense. All of it. Yeah. Well, I think pe people, you know, just in terms of your body, every cell in your uh, cell, I keep saying, even cells, forget that your body regenerates every seven years, maximum different areas regenerate faster, like your eyes, which is why they hurt so much when you injure them because they're regenerating very quickly. Um, which again makes me think if they regenerate that quickly, is it because there is so much importance in this experience we're having in this realm on the visual stuff? If they even do, because yep. to study those eyes, you need the eyes alive to study if they reproduce that often. And you can't look at those cells unless you pull the eye out, kill it, and stick it in a petri dish. So this is all, <laughs> all biology is nonsense because they can't yep. study living biology. Yeah. We don't have the machines or a way to do it. Well, Rife and his cohorts did, didn't they? They had some stuff that would study using prisms. Yeah, and they were healing with frequencies. Now, yeah. this is true. You can heal, but that took them experimentation yeah. on living people. They didn't cut your head off and then see yeah. if they could change the resonance. <laughs> like, oh, look, it's stuck back on. <laughs> yeah, you had to be alive. I'm not dead yet. It's a flesh wound. <laughs> So this is the problem when you start looking at biology. Yeah. It's a lot of it's nonsense. Now, Bruce Lipton and them, what they did is they took the nucleus out of cells, which you can see under a regular microscope. Mm -hmm. And these cells lived and functioned normally in the Petri dish for two months without having a nucleus, which is where your DNA and RNA is. Yeah. So those who say DNA matters, it's nonsense. They took it out and the mm -hmm. cell lived and did everything it was supposed to do, made all the proteins. They say your DNA makes RNA, which uh, transcodes through ribosomes, mm -hmm. to make the proteins the cell needs to function. Well, they took out all the DNA and RNA and ribosomes, <laughs> and the cell still made proteins and functioned yeah. <laughs> for yeah. two months. And they only died because when it was time to reproduce, that's true. The cell didn't have its uh, yeah. genetic blueprint to make a new cell, yeah. so it died. So DNA might only really be just the blueprint for the cell to multiply, reproduce, mm -hmm. and have nothing to do with anything. That, that, that's interesting. That makes me think that the cell itself didn't get the memo. Yeah. 
because I, I keep I help yeah. I help keep bees and we have the same thing because as much as you can speak to beekeepers, you can read the beekeeping books, you can watch beekeeping videos. The biggest challenge you have is not one fucking bee ever did that. They just do their own thing anyway, regardless yeah. of what you think they're going to do. Yeah, I saw it. Have you seen that guy who's raising the bees in the plastic water bottles and then rotating them? Have you seen that? No. I'll send you the link for this guy. Um, you know, in the office, when you go to the water cooler, there's a big yeah. giant water bottles. So what yeah. he's doing is putting cross lattices in there and then he puts a bee colony in. And if they don't have a queen, they make one. They just make one. You don't even need a queen. Yeah. Now, what normally happens in the old school traditional beekeeping is when they're done making the honey in this box, they fuck off or die. They leave. But you don't let them leave because you lock them in there so they die. What he does is at the bo- the water bottles upside down, so the big mm-hmm. parts up there and the, the nozzles at the bottom. He takes another bottle from the bottom and nozzles it and puts another lattice. So when the bees are done making the honey up there, they fly down into the new bottle and start making a new matrix, honeycomb matrix. Mm-hmm. So he seals off the one, takes the honey out, flips that one around, and then the bees carry on and do it again. And then when they're done, he lets them move into there. So he doesn't lose his bee colony. He has a one bee colony for 10 years. <clears throat> That's <laughs> moving in and out of everything. That's it. <clears throat> that is and interesting. He, and he puts, um, I don't know what you call this material. You know, they have sleeping bags. They claim from NASA, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have these sleeping bags with this like silver material that keeps yeah. you insulated warm. So in the winter time, he wraps that around the plastic. So the bees are warm and insulated mm-hmm. so they don't die in the winter. So he, they don't want to leave. They don't want to go. And then, yeah. So when they're done, they just move. He gives them the new environment and lets them naturally move out. And they just keep going over and over. It's, they don't die. They don't die. Like the beekeepers well, tell you. Yeah. The, the bees do. They live six weeks from what I know of it. But the yeah, colony itself won't die, yeah. The colony, yeah, I don't mean the bees like yeah. eternal. I mean the yeah. colony. Yeah. As long as you give them a new place to go and you know yeah. where that is, they'll yeah. go. Yeah. And he just keeps flipping them over. New bottle, new bottle, new bottle. That's it's interesting because one of the one things colony. we did, yeah, ours, ours were going to swarm off one of the hives. And yeah. I spotted them on the side. And all we did was put another hive down to them and move them all manually into that hive. Yeah. And then that was it, done. That's what he's doing, but instead yeah. of him moving them, yeah, he, he just do opens himself. the cap to the bottom and lets them move themselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they move on their own. They move out on their own. Yeah, yeah. they're going to do their own <laughs> thing. That's what I said. They don't get the memo. They, they've never got the memo. They've never read the books. They don't. They just do their own thing. And our job, I mean, when when it comes down to it, bees are an interesting thing anyway because yeah, we're basically stealing their food. Yeah, for honey, and you know. Well, yeah, and the other thing is everyone goes on about the bees are in short supply. Honeybees aren't. And the more honeybees you have, the less of the local indigenous species you have, and then you have other problems because you're upsetting the natural balance again. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of people who argue about honey. I've heard that you shouldn't eat it heated up. I've heard it's it's, yeah. it's actually bad heated. But all That's the why they pasteurize everything in the shops. <laughs> well, yeah, which is, to, yeah, they kill your honey, yeah. yeah. But the Vedics will swear to honey. You know, there are people who are living on almost honey in yeah. uh, some of the Vedic cultures. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, I, that's I hate nutrition because 70 people have different ideas. And sometimes, this is another thing that lends to simulation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> How come you get sick until you eat meat and I don't? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it starts yeah. lending also to simulation.
it's like there's no one fixed answer for everyone. So it's almost yeah. like the whole thing's bullshit all of it. <laughs> which then ties back to what we talked about, which is it's about your journey. This is you and your journey of discovery. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But is there a journey? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. 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 Or is it what I think, which is just this moment that we're exploring from different angles? Yeah, always. There's always just this moment and not yeah. really a when for the future or the past. Yeah. So there, yeah. What journey? Yeah. yeah You're not yeah, even on yeah. a, a journey implies an ending. <laughs> <laughs> the only ending is your death. Yeah. So, it, you know, and, and the old philosopher, Alan Watts, used to talk a lot about this, how we get conned into school, then college, then marriage, then a job, then this, that. And then you retire at 65 and you feel cheated because you the, the carrot's been dangled in front of your head. But you never really got any satisfaction out of it because you've been so looking forward to the journey to end. Yep. That you didn't understand that the journey is the journey, not. Yeah. Yeah. It, you're, you're excited to get to Nepal when the actual action is the trip to Nepal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, I, 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 I agree so much with that. That's why I spend so much time. I don't even use the freeways if unless I have to or I need to be somewhere quickly. Yeah. Because what kind of journey is that? So let's cut across and see some stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we're always in such a hurry. Yep. You can see that with technology. All technology is because we're lazy. Like mm -hmm. you used to roll your window, your car window down with your hand crank. Yeah. And like someone's like, you know what? You could just push a button. Yeah. <laughs> the windows that come out, you're like, all right, that was good. Until your car drops into a, a lake or a river. Yeah. And now you can't roll the window down because it's electric. The water took the electricity out. You're screwed yeah. That's you why I call the old windows hydraulic. Hydraulic, yeah. But all, all technology is about that. It's saying, let's do something that'll give us more time to do something else. But the joke of that is that you don't use that time to do something else because it just makes you do more and more busy crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of enjoying rolling down the window, like it's, it's kind of fun to crank the window with yeah. your hand, hydraulics. Yeah. So the more, the more technology we have to free up more time, the more free time we have to fill up with bullshit that we shouldn't be doing. And now you're even more stressed because you're doing a hundred times more things now in a day than you could have a yeah. hundred years ago. Cause you just literally didn't have the time to do all this stuff. Yeah. It is like, an, an interesting challenge that I throw down to people and I'll throw it down now is go and spend just two days with no phone, with no access to the internet, with no television, and see how long those two days feel compared to your normal day. Yeah. I bet they feel long, don't they? Well, they do, and you can get so much done, Steve. Yeah. You can get so much physical interaction done because you are not distracted by all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We were. I was talking about that with Patrick Timponi, too. It seems like the people who do stuff, that we, we were talking about this. We were saying... The, the fear people say, what's this fear-based mind control all about? Why are they using it? We all know they're using it. Mm -hmm. And I look at it like this. And I said it to him, men are notorious for this. They, the women say men can only do one thing at a time. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's pretty true. But everyone is two women. If what you're doing right now is worrying, that's what you're doing. You can only do one thing at a time. And if what you're doing is worrying, you're just sitting around worrying. 
so if you're not worrying, you start making videos like or do your job or go, you know, build an engine mm -hmm. or a motor and you start to feel rewards from that. And then those kind of people start to do a lot of other stuff. People say, well, how come you make movies? You're a musician, you're a singer, a music teacher, you're a painter, you're learning science, you're doing how How do you do all this stuff? And I said, because I don't sit around worrying. So I feel the reward for doing any one of these 30 things. And because I feel that reward, I might want to learn physics and feel the, re you know, I, I, have, mm -hmm. I will just go do that if I want to learn physics. Yeah. Whereas people who are worriers don't do anything really. They don't, they just sit around and worry because that's all you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to be in trouble. Those people. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I agree. Get, just get out and do stuff spend your time doing stuff and you will upskill like you wouldn't believe. I, I think so. Yeah. I'm looking at the germ crap again. They're coming at us with monkey pox. Yeah. Uh, we, we're having some Marburg stories here in Denmark already. They're starting to talk about that. Fauci mm -hmm. bailed ship. Yep. Do you think they're going to lock us down again? Or what do you think? Man? Well, I think they're going to struggle this time. I, I think they're going to try, but I think they will struggle this time. Yeah. Hmm. I think like the, I think that they might try it again, and that's why they're getting all the old players out, Fauci. I think we're going to see the old faces go mm -hmm. so they don't catch the heat double time and the new faces. Will, you know, I think they're going to try to pull it again with the new faces. That's what I'm a little worried about. Maybe they will, maybe they won't on the lockdown because they're saying now that they think that the, the lockdown was problematic and probably excessive, but that they haven't made mention about the masks and the social distancing and the other things. So yeah. maybe they're going to throw that baby under the bus. And they're still going to bring the other ones back. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's uh, like um, Tracy Northern, my friend Tracy. Like she, mm. I, I got her on um, Patrick Henningsen's show. What she said was really interesting. She said she don't think they care that they're going to we're, that we're destroying germ theory right now mm -hmm. because there's another side to all this mRNA technology and all that. Mm -hmm. Even if we say the viruses aren't real, what this really is, this new technology, it's not just vaccines; it's biomedicine in general. Mm -hmm. tracking all biology so her opinion which was interesting is that they don't care if we expose that germ theory is nonsense mm -hmm. they just want the biomedical uh, infrastructure in place because they could say you're right the germs are bullshit we're wrong mm -hmm. but every other medicine cancer every you know every other disease <laughs> which that leaves about thirty thousand of them yep as long as they can bring this into the system and say they need to track you for it for your own good um, and that was pretty interesting. I never really thought of it that way. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Because we don't seem to be getting a lot of resistance. No. That's one thing that's been bothering me is a lot of doctors are being murdered for the last 10 years, you know, who are coming into, the, you know, who are coming mm -hmm. on to where we're at now. Mm -hmm. They were floating in rivers and stuff. And suddenly we're all out there blabbing away, fucking Lanka and Kaufman. Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're all blabbing, blabbing, blabbing. Not one of us has flowed in a river yet. Why? Yeah. There's only 12 of us, yeah. maybe 15. Why Why aren't we all floating in a river? That would have been very easy to take care of. Yep. Why? Yeah. Some Unless people they... say, because you're controlled government agency. <laughs> 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 I get it all the time. We've got a couple of stalkers now, which lets me know we're doing really good. Space yeah. Busters has fucking stalkers now, which is great. <laughs> exposing, yeah. exposing us. Yeah. It, it's, it is funny. 
It is funny. I mean, I'm lucky because after that initial video that really blew up quickly and then all the threats came and all the hate stuff, then it, it died down. And it, it's everything's been at a very low level for me since then. It's hysterical. I thought, all right, well, it's going to be that. It's going to be that. But it just it dropped off. Yeah, why is the question? Uh, why? Yeah. Because yeah. it would have been very easy to take out any of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very publicly too. Yeah, even David Icke, you know, like him, yeah. love him or hate him or whatever. This dude's been doing some major damage. <laughs> He's been... But they, they do seem to be able to, you know, respond to whatever kind of damage because they just roll their agenda out regardless because there's still enough people that are, you know, enthralled and brainwashed by it to stay with it, not to ask questions. Hang on a sec. That, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They're kind of funny because even, you know, we've been we've debunked them all the way back for hundreds of years. Hmm. But I liken it to that Monty Python movie where he keeps cutting off that knight's arm and leg. You know, he keeps going, it's a flesh wound. He won't admit it. And, like, we all grew up with that kid on the playground where you're playing tag and you tag him and he goes, no, you didn't. You missed. I got doctor, you know, and you're like, I fucking tagged you five times because he doesn't want to sit out. Yeah. That kid seems to grow up to be like a virologist, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You debunk him and they go, no, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I did. So, yeah, it's it's amazing. Even no matter what you debunk them with, they just come on the news the next day as if nothing happened. Yeah. It's a flesh wound. You know, it's yeah. it's crazy. And the people who were calling non-player characters, that's their reality. Yes. In fact, I saw a funny meme where uh, an NPC says to another guy, um, oh, it, as it turns out, the whole pandemic was a was a scam and the other guy says i know we've been telling you this for two years and then the npc says you couldn't have it just came out on the news yesterday <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have known you know it, we were just told yesterday yep so, <laughs> yeah it's, which it's, just said it all in a nutshell you know that's yeah. where a lot of people are coming from yeah <laughs> yeah so what, what do you see coming next well, definitely, they've been telling us food shortage, for sure. Yeah. So I see food shortage uh, in England. I see the energy bills are going to go something ridiculous, I think, up to 6,000 pounds instead of whatever they – I don't know. 50, they they originally were around 1,000. They reckon it's going to go to six or higher. I mean, that's going to kill God, man. You know, yeah. that's a huge energy bill. That's a lot of money. So that's – 6,000 pounds a year, you're looking at 500 quid a month. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of families, um, they're not going to be able to afford to, to do no. that. No. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I, I'm starting to, well, we just I've just finished buying all the kit. The rest of it arrives today or probably tomorrow, actually, so I can start making fuel. Fuel, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ross and I bought it. Ross got a farm, too, on an island. We're, we've got our apocalypse yeah. uh, property. Um, we're going to be building free energy machines. We invented one. We're going to build it and see if it works. Yeah. Um, and food. Yeah, a lot of planting. Now, there's some new exciting technologies. They're not actually new. They're 10 years old. But there's some guys showing um, for 10 years, there's this myth you've had to rotate your crops every three years, you know, for mm -hmm. the soil. What this guy does, he lays cardboard down on the ground. Mm -hmm. which kills and doesn't allow water and sunlight underneath. So all the weeds die underneath and all the bugs die. Yeah. Then he puts topsoil over that plants as vegetables and fruits. Their roots go down through the cardboard, yep. but nothing from under comes up. Yeah. So this guy's getting crop yield every year because the food grows, 
Yeah. But nothing underneath the weeds and stuff don't come up and bother it. Yeah. Then he puts chicken wire around it with just enough room where the chickens can get their head through the fence to eat the weeds that he lets grow up around yeah. the food, but around the cardboard. Yeah. And then the chickens crap in the yard and then that gets washed under in the soil and starts yeah. putting minerals yeah. back in and they lay eggs. Um, this guy has been growing crops for 10 years on the same land without rotating the soil. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is another one of those beekeeper things where we're told that's not how it works. Yeah. Uh, so it's not depleting the minerals because he's using the topsoil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the plants are going down to the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of this stuff, people paying attention to butch, uh, bushcraft, free energy, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 70% over unity devices, yeah. new farming, new beekeeping. There's a lot of people figuring out that these are industry nonsense rumors too. Yeah. That have been there to make sure big agriculture, big agra, yeah, won't let us replace them with local agra, yeah. By we, making we just, it, you don't know how to farm, you need to know how to farm to farm. You're like, no. Yeah. As it turns out, you don't need to know shit about farming. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I joined a local community garden two years ago to learn how to do, you know, how to garden, how to grow stuff, and it's amazing how much we produce. Massive, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. probably, I don't know how many there are in the core team. There's probably maybe 20 people. We produce a ton and a half of food just on three local plots every year. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And you, I'm from America, you know, so everyone has these lush green grass lawns, mm-hmm. like massive giant lawns, you know, and mm-hmm. you just think like if you all just put food in there, <laughs> every Saturday you could all walk around for an hour to each other's yards and yeah. pick each other's food for free. Yeah. And meet each other and all that. Yeah. Nobody would be hungry. I mean, one yeah. person's lawn in America could feed the whole neighborhood. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like I said to you know to my partner about our garden because I said I wanted to grow stuff, and she went, "Well, I like the grass." And I said, "Well, you go eat the grass when the food runs out." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and if we did it with each other, yep. Then you're not going to have some hungry jackass down the street coming and stealing all your food and shooting you with a shotgun to get your food Yeah, because there'll be plenty to go around. You know, <laughs> the neighborhood will stick together and say, right, yep. our neighborhood has this crops. So yep. anyone else coming in here who's, who's got problems, we're going to take them out. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. And we, but we just don't do it. We want a green lawn, which is weird. Well, it's totally think- weird. It will, it will change, Steve. It will have to change because, you know, they, they're talking as well. We're having, um, we're about to have some simulations of energy blackouts. So we know energy oh, blackouts yeah. are coming. Yeah. <laughs> How funny that. They always predict it. How do you predict that? <laughs> Unless you know it's coming. We're pretty certain there's blackouts coming. You're like, really? Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty weird prediction. I just, yeah, it beggars belief and people still go along with it. Instead of saying something's not right. That just doesn't feel <laughs> yeah. right. It doesn't look right. It doesn't fit right. Well, it's with all these drills, Cyber Polygon. Yeah. Oh, there's a hacking event, like right after Cyber Polygon. Yeah. They just did this one, you know, with the with the monkeypox, and then the, yeah. the the month, the middle of the, they said May fifteenth, it breaks out in this fictional nation, and then on May fifteenth, it breaks yeah. out in the world. Yeah. And uh, you know, event two hundred one. At some point, like if you don't notice, this is fixed. You're just not paying attention, and you're you're just gonna go <laughs> like you're not gonna be around. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is, you know. Yeah. No, it's funny. It's, it's not funny. an IQ test. It's an attention test. They're yeah. telling you, if you pay attention to what's going on, you will survive. If you don't, 
Yeah. It's not that you're dumb. It's that you don't pay attention. So. Well, you're distracted, I think, as well. You know, you, you're not conditioned to think at school. You're encouraged to not think. You're encouraged to follow authority figures because you want someone else to author your life, but you're the author yeah. of your own life, which is where it comes from. And and I think that, that really what it comes down to is to be attentive, to pay attention, and to start asking questions. And if you don't know what questions to ask, ask yourself what would be a good question to ask. That's a really good start point. Yeah, yeah. And just get See, into that habit. Fear. My fear, it's not a fear, but what I think they're going to do is what they have been doing forever. They knew we were going to wake. They said in Rockefeller lockstep, we know that X percent of the population will awaken. They're going to be out in the streets protesting. They're going to, they said it in lockstep. We know it's mm -hmm. coming. And then what they have always done is they label those who are trying to liberate everyone else as a conspiracy theorist, anti-vaxxer even though there's been anti-vaccination leagues since the 1840s, mm -hmm. uh, domestic terrorist, right? Anyone who's trying to save everybody gets this label. Their, their mission is to turn all the sheeple against the same small amount of people who are trying to liberate them. Yep. They're turning them against their liberators with logical fallacy labels, ad hominem, ad mm -hmm. hominem attacks. Yeah. And they've always been doing this. They did that to, you know, if that story is even true, 1776, they were domestic terrorists. The founding fathers of America threw the tea in the harbor. Terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> Over 3% tax. Now you're like, how are you going to do with 90% tax? <laughs> so it's like a very old game they play. And that's how I see happening is uh, the, the people who are vaxxed and start dropping with disease. Yeah. There was a guy on TikTok I posted. Uh, he was part of an mRNA uh, experiment in 2013. Wow. And there were 200 participants, and I can't remember the name of uh, the disease they were trying to get rid of. It worked for a little bit for them. Um, he's the only one. There's five of them out of 200 alive. All 200 of their hearts stopped, but him and the other four, they got their hearts going back again. Yeah. The other 200, uh, the other 195 died within two to five years, all with heart stops and blood clots and yeah. all that. So he's one of five left, but even them, they all had their heart attacks too. And he knows, you know, their days are numbered mm -hmm. and they all died within two to five years of 2013 when this study started. Yeah. So the question is, there's some pretty bad death rates right now from the jabs, but nothing compared to the amount of people who took this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, are we going to see, you know, 95% of them drop within two to five years like this other RNA study? I don't know. I don't know. But if that does, they're going to need a scapegoat. Yeah. Because those people who start to took these and start seeing everyone drop, they're going to be angry. Mm -hmm. And so the people behind this are going to try to make them angry at us for yeah. not telling them more. Why didn't you tell me? You're like, we did tell you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You want to yeah. try being on this side of the fence. <laughs> you go horse. <laughs> yeah. They're going to shift the blame with the ad hominem. Yeah. So yeah. that's why like a lot of people who are smart are going out to the country. We got to get away from these people because when yes. they kick off, they're going to be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, the same with the transhumanism stuff and the, this gender identity and genderlessness, they're not going to be too pleased either when they realize that it's all gone that way. Yeah, a whole whole bunch of younguns that are going to be pissed. Yeah, and yeah, they're going to be, they will be extremists because why wouldn't you be? You you what have to lose. Be extreme, you know. Yeah. 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 yeah, and that's another label they'll put on you. 
somebody who's pissed off because you fucked them, you're going to call them an extremist. You're like, of course, you fuck somebody so bad, you ruin their entire life, killed half their family. Of course, they're an extremist. Of course, they should come after you. They really should come after you for what you did. Yeah, I say arm the shit out of them and let them go hunt you all down for what you did. You That's know? right. That's why they're busy doing all these little things where they want the, you know more weapons and amnesties and hand your guns in all these little shows to try and get more of the weapons. And yet, you look at the very people that are putting that message out that guns are bad. They've got their own fucking private armies in full display around them whenever they go to one of their events. For fuck's sake, how does that work? Yeah, I think the Americans just hired like 80,000 armed IRS agents, tax agents. Yeah. And I saw the training video. It's disgusting. There's these big, fat loser lefties in the training coming in. Freeze, get out of this guy. Guns drawn, this big, fat, donut-eating motherfucker. And you're like, and you may need to use violent force. You're like, why? Because they didn't fucking file their tax return. (laughs) You know, and I'm laughing because I'm like, when this guy busts through the door of a Texan, who's been stocking up fucking rocket grenades since the 80s as a prepper. This is not going to go good for these IRS agents in certain parts of the U.S. They're going to get their heads blown off at the door. It's going to vote very badly for them. These morons have no idea what they just signed up for. It's going to be really, really instant karma blowing your head like a tomato (laughs) under the wall behind you. And they deserve it. They're going to... They got what's coming to them, and it's coming to them. These IRS agents won't be around for five years. They'll all be wasted. They'll yeah. be blown away. Yeah. And they deserve it. <laughs> no paycheck is worth it, especially the right in America. These are former military. Most of the right-wing people, they're like huge former military guys with urban assault training a lot of them are into mixed martial arts and fighting mm-hmm. jujitsu. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you don't mess with these guys. These guys are, they're, you know, and the lefties join you like a guy with purple hair, fat, so can't even fucking run down the street for one minute, busts in your door mm-hmm. against one of these guys. It's kind of like, <laughs> we need backup. We can't. They're all down the street yelling at a fucking lady because she has a Trump sign in her yard. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get destroyed, man. Holy cow. (laughs) Well, like we said, it's going to be, there are messy times ahead, I think, and dangerous times for those that aren't paying attention and aren't doing, well, I think just being attentive. And and when you think you should do something, go do it. Yeah. And they won't. And then it'll be too late. Yeah. That's, that's, I think the biggest problem, those of us who are paying attention and have made the precautions to get ready our enemies aren't going to be the government. They're going to be yeah. the people who are panicking, yep. who didn't take this seriously and thought this was all conspiracy. Yep. Well, I don't care if you panic or not. Like hungry people are desperate people and desperate people do stupid things, yep. um, especially people in shortage. And so yep. those who aren't putting themselves in a position where they won't be in shortage, I think are going to be our biggest threat, not the government. I don't think the government's mm-hmm. going to come and remove us all from our land. I mm-hmm. think people are going to do that who have no better option. Yeah, that's why it, that's important, I think, to keep lighting the fires and ringing the bells and saying, listen, you really need to be getting on with this. Pretty soon, yeah, and, and you yeah. need to be building communities in the areas. You need to get out of the cities. Like, if you're still in the city by 2030, you're, you're a dead man walking. But yeah. even when you get out to where you're going, 
Yeah, you need a local community so that you can stand up together for when the desperate people yeah. come into your territory. I think it is going to get really, um, what would you call it, tribal or territorial almost? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you so. Think so yeah. yeah, I think so. Though remembering what we talked about before with the, you know, if the people unfortunately do succumb to whatever was in that mRNA injection and it does kill them, there won't be that many hungry people left. Yeah, there's always that. Yeah, I don't know. You know, the human body is very resilient. So yeah, it's hard I'm to not, It is. Yeah, I'm. I'm not so sure that all of them are going to die in two to five years from this, and we just don't know. Yeah. Like I said, the numbers who are dying now, compared to a normal vaccine, they used to shelf one. If not, and I think nine people died from the swine flu vaccine at the stations, yeah. and that was the end. I I don't know what we're up to worldwide. It could be three, four million. Yeah, and that's only 10%, isn't it, they reckon, of what's actually going on? Well, that's what I'm saying. 1%, yeah, yeah for various. Yeah. So, yeah, who yeah. knows, you know. Yeah. I'm, yeah, it could be 300, but that's still nothing. That's a drop in the bucket. Yeah. If the world population is really 7.8 billion, <laughs> there's no yeah. – I'd like to see proof of that because I've been to India and, and, and all around Southeast Asia. No census guy walked around India. No. <laughs> I think those numbers are totally fictional. I have no idea. All the numbers are. It, it's it, for me. It's safe to assume that everything is fiction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. The whole timeline and place is fictional. So why yeah. wouldn't everything in it be fictional? You know. Yeah. yeah that's all a made-up nonsense. And the I only thing so. that feels real to me is getting out when I'm out on the ground in the earth, talking to my friends, helping garden, you know, having those kind of interactions like this. This is real. It feels real, even though we're doing it through this artificial thing. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's all weird as fuck. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I think it's very surreal. Yeah, and I think that's maybe why there are so many. Um, what would you you would call sheeple, but people who haven't, people who don't want to look into this because it's just so weird that mm -hmm. you don't want to collapse your little safe box of reality and find out. To me, I think why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean. If you think your TV shows are exciting in your movies, you yeah. should try reality. This place yeah. is way crazier than any fucking Hollywood movie you've ever seen. Like, if you really knew what was going on here, yeah. Hollywood couldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. No. Well, people wouldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, they don't, yeah. They, they, they wouldn't can't. Need... No, they can't because it, it's just too, what is it, cognitive dissonance, they call it, isn't it? Yeah, or they don't want to because... To realize this means if you're lethargic, if your problem is lethargy, meaning you don't take action, and the solution is action, well, the last thing you want to do is figure out you have to get off your fat ass and do something about it. <laughs> you're looking for the easy way out like we all are. That's why you can press your button and roll your car window up because if you tell 100 people, would you like to press a button and roll your car window up? Or would you like to crank the handle 70 times while you're driving? All of them will say, I want to press the button. So you're now transferring that to reality. Would you like to work your ass off and save yourself? Yeah. Or would you like someone else to save you? Of course, they're all going to. No one wants to do it yeah. themselves. Nobody. So, so, you know, it's human nature. That's why these elites know this. Yeah. They know human nature. They've been studying it for thousands of years. Yeah. They know we're lazy bastards. Yeah. <laughs> they totally know it. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's because we don't do it. We don't get the reward for getting off your ass, you know, as you know yourself. When you put some hard work in, yeah, it was tough, but the reward for it is way worth doing it. And then yeah. you do more things, yeah. So yeah. that's my opinion on it anyway. No, I'd, I'd, I'd go with that. I think, you know, you talk about the electronics and everything. One of the reasons I've been buying some of the older cars, I've now got two that are nearly 30 years old because they haven't got the electronics. So with whatever goes on, I can run them on different fuels and I can keep them running so that I can still stay mobile and do what I need to do to get around and look after the people I care about. And I won't get trapped by this stupid electric car that decides to fucking stop when the police say stop and <laughs> yeah. me onto the street next to it. Or when they don't even have a charging station, if you want to get out of your city and then there isn't a charging. Yeah. Or you I pull actually... up to charge and it says no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Your car. Yeah. Your social credit system says you're not <laughs> eligible for a charge. I talked to a, a Swedish uh, mechanic. I was at a gig in, um, couple months ago he's an older guy so he was an old school mechanic he said the new mechanics that they hire they have to have this computer you know this diagnostic system but he said like without that computer these young mechanics don't even understand how a car works yeah from gas pump you know the carburetor to engine to piston he said if this computer didn't tell them what was wrong they couldn't listen to a not they wouldn't know how to fix a car no, and also the, the the lot of the new guys that I've been talking to, they just start changing things instead of working out what's wrong and can we fix the old thing. They change something, and no, you, there's so much you can fix. Yeah, yeah, without yeah, just fix repair it. Yeah, and it was funny because I was I was one of the old cars I've got is an old Mercedes estate. Nice and yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Um, <laughs> a 1994 with only eighty two thousand miles on it. Wow. Yeah, so that should be good for at least another two million miles. Um, but the, what's interesting was I was under that at the weekend doing some stuff to it, actually putting cruise control on it, funnily enough. And I was under a four-year-old Range Rover just now at my friend's garage. And there is more rust on the four-year-old Range Rover than under a 30-year-old Mercedes. Really? Yeah. Way more rust. Yeah. Why is that? Well, they're just not, they're not designed to last. They're designed to have a short shelf life, but they're more designed to go wrong so that they can keep pulling money off you to keep them running. Yeah, it's kind of like the washing machines in the fridges. Remember when they, yeah, like if you had a washing machine from 1980, even though it's lime green or ugly yellow, it's probably still running. Yep. And then they came out and said, uh, yeah, but it's energy class uh, B or C. Remember that? They said, <laughs> yep. the new machine is energy class AAA. It's going to save you the energy bills. You're like, okay. But then there's like a plastic part that breaks in the machine. And then the guy comes out to fix it. And he says, well, it's 200 quid for the for the plastic part. And you're like, but the machine was 200 quid. <laughs> He's like, yeah, so would you like a new machine instead? You're like, of yeah. course I want a new machine. So then you're saying, well, how much money did I save from energy class B to AAA if I have to buy a new AAA machine every two years? This to me is, is endemic of what's gone on because we're in this fictional realm that we talked about earlier on. Where you've got the, you've got the date, which is a fiction, the spinning globe, which is a fiction. You've now got the corporations, which control and own everything. And there's only really two, and I suspect one owns the other. So it's either going to be Vanguard or BlackRock. Yeah, same they people, want I you consuming everything. You have yeah. to consume everything to keep their Ponzi scheme running. Yeah, you know, whereas we're actually more than capable of designing and building stuff that lasts our lifetimes and beyond. Yeah. As opposed to being fucked every two years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're both the same. 
uh, Black Rock used to be Black Water, which came out of Bern, Switzerland. That's the mm-hmm. that's actually the that's the Jesuit Vatican headquarters mm-hmm. in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. That's why the Swiss Guard guard the Vatican. People say, why is the Swiss Guard guarding an Italian Vatican? Well, it's because their second headquarters is in Switzerland, which is Black Water, Black Rock. Yeah. So again, this is the Knights of Malta. This is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they're the same thing, yeah. And that's what they want is total control over everything. But I think I think Jason is correct from Archaics. I think the shit's going to hit the fan in pretty soon. And I don't think any of these bastards are going to be in control anymore. I don't. No. But I do think they don't want you. Um, same with these 5G weapon systems where we're at. We notice on all we, in Copenhagen, we have like four highways leading out of town and then a bridge to Sweden. There's these massive death towers all right when you're about to get out of town on the four highways. And, the, you know, so that's where they're going to zap you. Probably if you got your molecules in your body from the jabs and they're like, <laughs> you know, they've already got the defense system saying you're not getting out of town. And if you do, you'll have an electric car, which only runs 150 miles, even though. We now know they had electric cars in 1890 that were bragging they went a thousand miles on a charge. Yeah, one thousand miles on a charge in 1890. Yeah, but you can't make a car that goes more than 250, and there won't be a charging station for you. And if yeah. there is, yeah. it won't activate because of your social credit. You know, yeah. so they're locking. You can see they're locking you into the cities. I have so, a. I have a 20-year-old Golf, which on the fuel I'm making, if I stick three Jerry's in the boot and fill the tank up, I can go just over a 1,000 miles, and it costs me fuck all to run it. Yeah. My my guitar player had a Volkswagen. um wasn't a Jetta. Um, it was a special one they only made for a while and took it off the market. Like We could literally go 650 kilometers yeah. on one tank of gas. I can't remember the make of the car, and yeah. they only made it a little bit. Yeah, I guess um, 700 miles is what that golf goes in mine, even though I've tuned the engine to shit and back, so it's fast. Right, yeah. This thing, as long as you stayed under 110 kilometers an hour, yeah. and, and it even had a special gauge where yeah. when you started going 130, you could see the gas is going to run, yeah. you know. Yeah. So we made it from Copenhagen uh, up to 70 miles north of Stockholm, which is 680 <laughs> kilometers or something, yeah. 700 kilometers, yeah. on a tank of gas. Yeah. And they don't make this car anymore. They took it off. They wouldn't sell it in America, and they took it out. You know? Of course they won't. Of course they won't. That um, I've got a that big old Mercedes I've got. There's a couple of tweaks I'll do on that, and that, that thing will be pulling just over 50 to the gallon, or actually a lot more when I finish with it. I've got something in mind to do with some really old tech. Because, yeah. you know, back in the 19, I think it was the 1920s I was reading, they could get 500 miles per gallon out of an 8-liter V8. 500 to the gallon, yeah. Yeah, and the oil companies answered to that. Yeah, the oil company's answer was to put additives in to make the fuel sticky to stop the system working. Additives in the fuel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they, well, they put additives in to stop it being as economical. I, I remember reading about police departments in the United States 15 years ago who were putting hydrogen converters into their cars. Yeah, I've one and, You know, just putting two wires from the batteries into a thing of water. And then as soon as you start it, the hydrogen comes up. And then you just readjust the carburetor to take hydrogen and yeah. these these things are running on water yeah they're not it's not quite that it's an accelerant but there are stuff if you look at joe cells and stuff they do that and but that works on a different thing altogether that's more of an electron transfer to the engine um but there's there's so much technology that allows you to do all of that if you start yeah. to look at anything you can you can tweet you can modify 
there's loads you can do if you just discipline yourself mm-hmm. to have a look. And there's a good video. Like, have you ever seen that video of Jack Nicholson? You know, the actor. Yeah. There's a video of him in 1972. He's like, I bought the first hydrogen powered car and this is going to be the future. And it's, have you ever seen this? No. I'll send it to you. It's like a five minute video that Jack Nicholson had yeah. this hydrogen powered car. Yeah. And where is it? And he's like, this is the biggest actor in the world at the time, you know? Yeah. And he's like, where's this car? And he's showing it runs on water. They just mm-hmm. pour water in the gas tank and that's mm-hmm. off you go. Well, there's, so, in every liter of water, what? there's something like 22,000 liters of hydrogen and oxygen stored perfectly safely and available yeah. for use. And it's safe. As soon as you turn the engine on the battery, yeah. it starts producing the hydrolysis. But as soon as you turn it off, it's done. So you won't explode. You can't blow up a water tank or anything. Yeah. You can blow up a Tesla, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what they did in America is they said if you had this in your car, your insurance wouldn't cover an accident. So even yeah. if it was your fault and you smashed into me, if they found this machine in the car, the insurance mm-hmm. wouldn't cover my collision. Mm-hmm. So that's how they scared people out of it. They said, it's illegal. That's what <laughs> George like, Carling said, wasn't it? You remember George Carling? It's a big club and you ain't in it. Yeah, yeah. They just made it illegal <laughs> to have it. You're like, but it works though, right? Yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. But if you put it in there, it's illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so nobody put them in. Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, it just, yeah. Well, it, it'll be interesting to see where this all comes out, how it all washes out in the end. Yeah, I don't, yeah, exactly. I think, you know, their movies have been telling us it's going to go Mad Max. To me, that's predictive programming. They'd like it to go Mad Max. They would love nothing more than all of us to do the road and eat each other and be cannibals mm-hmm. and all that, you know. But mm-hmm. I don't think it has to go that way. I don't think human nature is that. I think no. human desperation is if we'd all get, like you said, get rid of the freaking grass in your yard and grow some food and all that. Yeah, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't all trade and thrive instead of go Mad Max. Yeah, we 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 would, and, and it would be so easy to do. You know, just just do do your research on growing stuff. It's not hard. Find the old people that still know how to grow things. Yeah, you know, and it's I not. It's see not certain people going Mad Max, like certain yeah. areas that can't do this. Probably yeah. will, like out in the deserts, it might go Mad Max out there. Yeah. You know, it just might. Yeah, well, yeah, there'll be places that are dangerous to go, just like the dangerous places now, I suspect. But, you know, I, I said in a, an interview I did the other day that grow, pulling your local community, you, you, that you are in the people and you're one of the people, and work as that and work as teams and work out who knows what and start to just do that. And then you don't rely on the system. You don't need the system. The system will wither and die. It's like starving a plant of light. In the end, it dies. Yeah. And you can almost see that, you know, in these cartels in the in South America where all the drug problems are coming out of. Really, when you start looking at them, the government was screwing the people. The people were screwed. These dudes figured out ways to make tons of cash. And all those cartels got big by giving money to the people. They were people's heroes. And mm. they killed the government, <laughs> you know. Mm. And you can see what they did. You're like, yeah. I don't think they're actually wrong. Like these are guys who figured out, yeah, it's bad to give cocaine and heroin to everyone, but they figured, screw that. We're all starving down here. They didn't give it to their own people. They gave it to us. <laughs> they all sold it in the States to the highest bidder. Like, they didn't put the Colombians on a Coke habit. They put us on their Coke habit <laughs> and kept it out of their backyard. So you start looking at that and going, yeah, like these guys were onto it. They were desperate for money and they found a way to, to do this, you know, yeah. and, and they took advantage of it. 
they wouldn't there wouldn't be cartels if the people weren't in shortage. Mm-hmm. There's no need for a cartel to spring up. No. It's when you fuck with people so bad they're desperate, you create a vacuum for something to take care of it, and you create a cartel who's now a world problem. You know, yeah. that yeah. And cartels are nothing compared to governments. No. No, not even close. <laughs> the states are saying that now. They're saying we're going to have to bring in Marines and special forces to fight the cartels on the border. And you say, well, that's just your cartel. That's the U.S. government cartel. Is the yep. Marines. <laughs> we're going to have a cartel war, but we won't call it a cartel war. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> they're cutting in on our business. <laughs> but, yeah, but that, that's what it's always been. Yeah, it's always been that, you know, the, the opium wars and stuff like that. Yeah. Everything was about business, which goes back again to this overlay, this commercial overlay of fiction that facilitated that to exist. And yeah. biggest, one of the biggest fictions is money. It's nothing but a way of capturing energy. And I was chatting with a guy and he said, you know what you talk about? And I said, really, it is. He said, no, it's not. And I said, well, what do you do for a living? And he told me, and I said, you enjoy it? And he said, not really. I said, so you do 50 hours a week of that. <laughs> so they've captured your energy, and they give you a piece of worthless plastic back that you can now trade with someone else. I said, captured your energy. No, I know it's work. I went, no, it's energy. That's what they've done. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. I think, too, with the governments, yeah, like you said, they, they had the opium trade, you know, back from the 18, 1700s. They had the heroin trade and the poppies. They've got that coming out of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. I think they don't like the cartels because they had cocaine. And instead of the government getting their hands on the cocaine, that you know, some privateer, private mm-hmm. enterprises got their hands on the cocaine. Mm-hmm. I think the government would love nothing more than to take out the cartels and take. They wouldn't stop cocaine. Of course not. They would kill the cartels and take over the cocaine import business. Yeah, just like they did in the heroin business and the opium business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They wouldn't get rid of it. They would take over it. And that's yeah. what they're doing, I think, you know. Yeah. And yeah, people are energy, exactly what you're saying. You're a, you go down if you work in a corporation, you go down to human resources to talk to <laughs> you have a problem. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Corpse oration, dead thing speaking. Yeah. They tell you it's human resources. You're like, yeah. what does that mean? That means you. you're a fucking sheep, man. You're a farm animal. Yeah, yeah. You're being people farmed. They tell you right there in there, yeah. Yeah, that's probably why I've never had a job. <laughs> <laughs> I did, man. I worked in those corporations and life and health insurance for a long time, and they're miserable. Mm-hmm. They're soul-crushing, man. I've been, I've been there, man. It's horrible. Yeah. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. No. But you, you're not qualified to do anything because you come out of these – colleges i.e indoctrination centers you don't have a life skill you can't yeah. build engines you can't farm yeah. food you can't do anything you can sit in a cubicle and talk on the felt telephone you know do yeah. bullshit on a computer to make billions of dollars for some ceos who don't want to pay out claims yeah. that's you know but if the system goes down tomorrow all the electric infrastructure all the everything yeah. how many people work for corporations most most do i don't know what percentage you think like well i was thinking about that the other day because if you look at like the uk we have hardly any manufacturing left we have you know farming but they're being squeezed like mad you've got a whole bunch of people that basically make money in fictional entities like financial services and stuff which is just it's robbery and theft that's all it is (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, because they don't produce anything, do no, they? No. Services, there's producing and services, but most of them aren't even services either. They're like a middleman broker. Yep. Between the service and the producers, most of them are brokerages, which means you don't do anything. Yeah. You don't even do anything. You're just the middle guy. Yeah. So all these people are worthless if the system goes down. You wouldn't be worried in 1870 if the power went out and there was a food shortage and all that. You'd be like, so? Yeah. What else is new, you know? It'll be light in the morning. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I got a cellar full of pickled food that we've been saving for three years. Yeah. Whoop-de-whoop-de-doo, you know? Yeah. That's that's the scary thing is we're all in a, such a vulnerable position right now. Well, you're right. We are. But but not wanting to end this on a on a, a scary note, although it is something to be very concerned about, I think, is that there are sufficient people that have sufficient skills and there is sufficient land available that you could start to take care of this. You'll have a rough time, certainly, but there are ways around it and there are people that can help with that information and with that knowledge. Yeah, and there's so much land. Yeah, tons of it. And you know, this, this, uh, this, uh, this is public land. You can't do that. Listen, if you're fucking hungry, you go plant a garden and you look after it. And don't worry if some guy from the, the council comes and says you can't fucking do that. <laughs> yeah, break his kneecaps. I mean, you're yeah. in Wales. You guys have a ton of land there, you know. Yeah. yeah. Now, in Denmark, we don't. We're a very small geographical country yeah. and population. He, my, you know, my the guy who rents a room for me, my flatmate, yeah. um, he's former Swedish force, uh, special forces, ex-military. Yeah. They go camping, but they can't even find a place in our country where at least some lady's not walking her dog through the woods. <laughs> like they can't even get away from society. Like some, we have so little wilderness here. Someone is around, yeah. but in a place like Wales or the United States, it's eighty percent unpopulated. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, you can go from here. I could drive two miles from here and I can walk for an hour and a half and not see a soul. Mm. We don't have that. Yeah, I, which I love. I couldn't stand being around. I have to go to the cities tomorrow, three of them, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> 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 thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have that. So, yeah, there's no overpopulation problem or anything. It's, it's no. going to be like you say. I think if Archaics is right, whatever's coming – there's going to be people who figure this out and go there and they're, they're going to be okay. Yeah. And it, that's how it always goes. Otherwise we, none of us would be here anymore. Mm-hmm. If these disasters were so bad, yeah. then how are we in 2 billion species of everything else still here? I've always said that mm-hmm. if the great flood was a great flood, how the fuck do we have 2 billion species of uh, animals, bugs, plants, humans? What are we doing here? Absolutely. And where did all that water come from? Yeah, because you couldn't have wiped everything out and then there's two billion species around. No way. That's right. And if there was that much water, where did it drain to? Yeah. And how did anything live except birds? Well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, And they get tired of flying. Noah's Ark. No, it was Noah. He He had two of all two billion species on his boat. You're like two of two billion. He had four billion animals and bugs on his boat. How a big, big ass boat. That's, a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's like a boat the size of Australia. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big boat, man. That's Jaws. We're gonna need a bigger boat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Right, 
my friend, I'm going to have to go because I've got some stuff I need to crack on with. This has been such a fun conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, great catch up. I don't even know if we had a, we didn't really have a point, did we? We were just kind of rambling. <laughs> it was, yeah, but some of those are the best conversations. Just, just see where it goes, for God's sake. I encourage people to talk all the time. Get into conversations again instead of looking at your fucking, you know, looking at your phone and texting. Get into a conversation. Have something meaningful go on. Yeah, I think that's also a reason a lot of these are popular is because people are lacking conversations with this mm -hmm. sort of depth in regular life. You just don't, you know, in a restaurant or a bar or wherever you mm -hmm. find yourself in regular life. This doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you invite someone over your house for dinner and stuff. And then if one of them says this and the other one doesn't think this way. Yeah, it's, it's a short conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <It's hard. laughs> Awkward. <laughs> How about them bears? <laughs> and I'm from the Midwest in America. We've got a great way to deal with that. When things get awkward in the Midwest, we have this thing where everyone gets quiet, and then we go like this. We go, well. <laughs> and that means conversation's over. It's time to go, well. <laughs> do, do like I do. I've been in places like that where it's got awkward. So I'm just going to the toilet and I go out and get my car and drive off. Never go back. <laughs> just Fuck jump that. out the window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Climb out the window. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, my best friend in high school was like that. He couldn't say goodbye to people at parties. He had a yeah. phobia of goodbye. Yeah. He, he literally would go to the bathroom and climb out a little fucking window like this big <laughs> without saying goodbye. And everyone would be like, where did Scoop go? And I'd say, like, he's climbed out the bathroom window, most certainly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, brother, man, I think we should climb out the window. Uh, respect. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Take care of yourself, Steve. <laughs> you too, <man. laughs> Speak soon, yeah?